I should. I could also recommend the Mandalorian. I'm. I'm finally all cut up on the Mandalorian. Hey. Holy shit, dude! That show's fucking awesome. It's awesome. Mando is a great. And oh my Carl god, Weathers is in it. Dylan's in it, dude. Dylan. Dylan. Uh, I. Uh, I watched the first two or three episodes like a long time ago, and I was mm-hmm. like, "This is fun," but okay. it didn't quite grab me. Sure. Um, and then I watched the episode where. Maybe it's episode three or four of season one where Mando goes back in and back. and res and back and rescues Baby Yoda from the uh, Empire and pulls him yeah. out and like that whole sequence and I was like oh shit this is good and then I just binge the rest of season one and now I'm uh, just patiently waiting for the next episode. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah, me too. Just. Listen, and I, all my favorite movie podcasts just eventually started covering it one. Yeah, I, I uh, should start finding some podcasts on it, shouldn't I? What's your What's your fave? Which one should I listen to? Uh, my favorite has to be the We Hate Movies guys. Oh, um, they've been doing it. Nice. Yeah, I'm a, they did it all last season. They're doing it this season. Also, our guys at the VHS Strikes Back and their other podcast, Comics and Motion, they just started. They've been doing it. <laughs> reviewing an episode at a time. The Star Wars Minute guys do it. My kids have come upstairs and are shouting and yelling in the hallway. So that means it's time to get going. (laughs) It's time to start. Here we go. (laughs) Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And today we're talking minute 102 of Predator. Whew, that's a lot of uh, a lot of numbers there, Jeff. 102. 102. John. We are so close. Oh my goodness. We are dangerously close. We are just coming across the threshold from movie action to movie denouement. No. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gonna like it. <laughs> hmm. So, uh, minute 102 brings us to the number 102. Do you have some amazing and interesting 102 facts? I would be very I, surprised if you did. I do. Did you know 102 is an abundant number? What is an abundant number? Please, I'm glad you asked. Uh, mathematician um, <laughs> a an abundant number is a number whose fa- is it factors or multiples factors go into it right factors go into it yes whose factors add up to more than the actual number so if you add up 51 plus 2 hmm. plus 3 plus whatever 102 divided by three is you'll, and you add those numbers up, you'll eventually have a number bigger than 102. 102. And that that does not include one and 102 because then that would be every single number. Right. It's gotta be (laughs) right. It's gotta be factors that are not equal to the number itself and not the number one. Yes. Wow. I've never heard of an abundant number. Now I'm going to be thinking about trying to figure out other abundant numbers. Yeah, if you just had a heart attack hearing that fact in Israel, Ukraine, Belarus, or India, you should dial 102 for uh, the emergency <laughs> number. 
that's the emergency number in Ukraine. That is. Yeah. It is. You, you would know that, I mean, if you were there. But if, sure. in case you're visiting there right now, in the middle of, what, December, we're thinking that this will come out? Yeah. Christmas? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and type that into my phone uh, just, just in case. 102 and then hand over the send button. Yes. <laughs> Have you ever been on Highway 102 in Washington? Washington State has a Highway 102? I have it, not. It does. Like Highway 100, if you remember a couple minutes ago, Highway 100 was kind of like a dinkus little loop off of 101. Oh, right. Yeah, like way out there. Uh, and I think we had both been on. As Cape Disappointment, I think, was 100. Oh, oh that's right. <laughs> so I would say slightly more disappointing is 102, which mm. only really serves the Washington Correction Center and the Washington State Patrol Academy, oh, northwest no. of Shelton, Washington. So, yeah, that... If you work at one of those places, you probably know 102, like the back of your hand. It's all of uh, 2.86 miles long. Oh, it just takes you towards criminals. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, what a life you've been living if that's, that's your main road, mm. the criminal road. So uh, I also wrote down some little factoids about music, video games, movies, as usual, for 2002. 2002. Boy. 2002. I was uh, 22 years old in 2002. Me too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on the cusp of graduating from college. And uh, this list of music is a gigantic pile of shit. <laughs> I actually like this one way better than the last couple of minutes. <laughs> you have your, uh, who do you have? Your, your Nelly Houghton here, which I wasn't a fan <laughs> of that, but that was huge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you have this. Some of the lame rock, the emo rock, like Linkin Park coming out, God, Simple yeah. Plan, Good Charlotte, like all these all these bands I listen to, Nickelback, Trapped. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. And we still got like the pop and the boy bands making their way in here, don't we? We got Christina oh, yeah. Aguilera and Sync still roaring or Avril rearing their ugly heads. Yeah. Uh, Foo Fighters, you have a really cool remix of A Little Less Conversation that's just like everywhere at that time. A little less conversation. <laughs> uh, a, a hit though here is uh, Lose Yourself by Eminem. That was a big one. Yeah, I highlighted that one yellow because of the movie tie in. That song was right. so huge. That song was like, let's be honest, it's probably 10 times bigger than the movie Eight Mile. Right, right. But those are inextricably linked with, with uh, just how much of Eminem's actual life went into that movie and into, into that song. So that, that's, that's like the one Eminem song I'll actually listen to. And that's one that I'm yeah. sure a lot of other people like try to memorize all the lyrics to. He wrote down toxicity by system of a down. Yeah. Is that the one that yeah. goes, wake up. Is that, yes. the, I don't know, is that the one? <laughs> oh, wait, no, is it? I don't know. It's the only uh, System of a Down song I know. I don't know if that's the oh, one. Oh, no, it's not at all. I'm oh, sorry. it isn't? I, oh, okay. I totally thought it was. I, I wrote it down all excitedly because I was like, I know that one. No, the one you're thinking of is called Chop Suey. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wake up. <laughs> no, I, I, I really like that song. I think Toxicity would just happen to be a big hit from that year. Hmm. But yeah, I don't, you know. Man, I'm not finding a lot of songs in this list that uh, 
I have any real connection to. No, Chop Suey came out in 2001, which means mm. it came out in August 2001, which means it probably played the charts a lot in 2002. So we're going to go ahead and just kind of shoehorn uh, Chop Suey in there. but um, Just swish, smush them together. Same song. Just smush them together. Yeah, for some reason, I like I started liking a lot of the pop music again this year, whereas mm. the last few years, just not so much. I mean, you have like Coldplay with clocks and the scientist i forget what <clears throat> i forget what album that is but that was that was a big one mm. um gosh anything else Bonnie yeah Clyde, this was still so the time period that i was um i was pretty heavy into uh hip-hop and i was kind of scrounging and searching for anything outside the mainstream when it came to hip-hop music so a lot of underground west coast stuff and um i was I was getting into DJing, which I did throughout my early 20s, and so a lot of electronic music and stuff. So okay. I, I think that I, I escaped a lot of this pop music and pop sort of rock and uh, that that I had no interest in at the time by just kind of diving headfirst into things that were not in the mainstream at all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, games? Were you much of a gamer in 2002? Do these titles stick out to you? Yes. Uh, the main one, well, you have like the GameCube uh, really blowing up at that time. I'd never owned mm. a GameCube until like a couple years ago, so I didn't have that wave. But this is when the second big Grand Theft Auto comes out, Vice City, and then Aaron and Zach and I just played that so much, so much, so, so much. I don't think we really played anything else except for... Uh, that and I would play Halo at friends' houses, and that came out in 2001. Right. Yeah. So, uh, can I tell you my quick Vice City story? Please. So, uh, 2002, I'm living in, I'm still in college. Uh, I'm also working like almost full time, so I'm super busy. Mm-hmm. And my my roommate, good friend of mine, has a PlayStation. And, uh, and buys GTA Vice City. And right after he buys it, he has to, he, he goes on a stretch of having to work like three or four days in a row, um, like a lot. Like people called right. in, he, he, he was working some double shifts. He was just out of the house for like three or four days. I, on the other hand, like co- weirdly coincidentally, I can't remember what happened, but I didn't have any classes going on for like a week. And I also didn't have to go to work for like three or four days. I I can't remember what happened, (laughs) what made this sort of serendipitous uh, marrying of events happen, but it did. And so I sat down and I popped in Vice City like the morning. So I woke up one morning, my roommate, Sean went to work. I popped in vice city at probably like 9am and played it until two in the morning, (laughs) went to bed, woke up at 9am, started playing it again, played until two or three in the morning. I did that for four days straight until I beat the game. And then my roommate came home and was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, I just beat Vice City. He was like, I haven't played a minute of it. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, you should play it, buddy. It's really fun. <laughs> All right, baby. This is the Lance Vance dance. You got to, uh, all right, pop it. 
you should play. It's really fun. But I was a literal bag of shit for four or five days where I only slept, played Vice City, and ate whatever was in my general radius that I could reach with my arms to feed myself just so I could continue playing Vice City. Oh, man. Yeah, those are those are the days. Oh. Yeah. Oh man. To to uh, imagine having a stretch of time these days where ah. for four or five days you have no responsibilities. Can you I even can't. imagine it? No, I can't. I can't even imagine it. Occasionally, Sarah and I will have childcare for the night or for like overnight. And one time sure. we had like a weekend. That was pretty cool. Nice. Sarah setting that all up, and then we had like Saturday with nothing. We're just like. Ugh. But even then, like nothing against wives, but even then, it's you and somebody else. Like, can you even remember a time when it was like just you for multiple days? Like, I cannot. I cannot. (laughs) Man. Yeah, I know. That'd be for the next GTA. GTA 6, whenever that is. GTA 6. I'm divorcing my family. I'm going to go play in a warehouse for seven days by myself. I'm only going to eat what's in reach. And I hope, I hope there's a lot of good stuff within reach. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. You didn't like the movies. Okay. Did, and clearly, we both like the game GTA Vice City. Sure. Uh, which obviously had the heavy Scarface tech, connections. What about... Uh, the movies, because I think this was a real banger of a year for movies. Just a lot, a lot of good movies. This was a very good year for movies. Yes, <clears throat> I, I absolutely agree. Um, what what jumps out to you on this list? Are there a couple that are, are big for you? I, I can guess one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Yeah, that was huge. And then Lord of the Rings Two Towers was the other big one. I, I, sure. I think I think just, just to before you um, start talking about your own favorites, uh, just like as a kind of like an overall like trend that uh, we're starting to see in the last couple of years and then including 2002 is a step of Hollywood moving towards everything being like a big franchise blockbuster mm. that if, if the movies are going to be uh, popular, then they're going to make buco bucks. They're going to be like record-breaking movies every year, and they're going to be part of some franchise. Here we're talking about Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, Harry Potter, and the Chamber of Secrets, the first Raimi Spider-Man, right. Star Wars Episode Two, another Bond movie, Die Another Day, the first Ice Age, which obviously starts its own humongous franchise. You have Men in Black 2, which is still going. You have Blade 2, which... Uh, went on uh, for another movie, but also it's just I like another Blade big too. comic movie. Yeah, uh, and I think, I think where we were probably like one year out from uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, and that is still going on. But uh, right. what, what, what what are some things that stand out to you, just either individually or as a trend? Sure. Well, I I actually think this is a good year for like kind of grown up movies, like. Movies made for adults, sort of about adult subject matter. Mm. Um, and there's a couple exceptions here, like when I get to Super Troopers. Uh, <laughs> but uh, movies like um, Catch Me If You Can and My Big Fat Greet Wedding and uh, Adaptation. Um, you've got Bowling for Columbine in here for your, uh, if you like the documentaries. Um, uh, 
Mm-hmm. You've got what was it? What else did I highlight here? Uh, monsters. Did you, see, did you see Frailty? Did you ever see that one? That was a good yes. One. Yeah, Fra- Frailty. Um, monsters Ball. Uh, let's see. Running through. I'm skipping over some. I'm going to come back to because they're comedies. But um, I would say Insomnia. Yes, thank you. Insomnia. Um, Punch Drunk Love is a fantastic film. Um, if you've, I, I'm a big, big fan of Paul Thomas Anderson. I love his movies, mm-hmm. and uh, I, Punch Drunk Love is one that I think is sometimes kind of overlooked a little bit because it stars Adam Sandler, and um, you know, for a for reason I, I understand, you know, Adam Sandler's had a very up and down career. But when given the right role in the right movie with the right director, I think he can be really, really great. And Punch Drunk Love is one of those times. So Hmm. um, that's a fantastic film. And then uh, there's also some really great kind of under the radar comedies on this list too. If if you could indulge me for a moment. Yeah, go for it. But Super Troopers is still one of my favorite comedies of all time. (laughs) It's just one of these stoner comedies that I think really holds up that, I, I always appreciate a comedy where like every sentence, every scene is an attempt at a joke. Yes. Right. Like I think one of the best examples of this is dumb and dumber, right? Like mm-hmm. not everything lands, but there's an attempt in every single sentence and scene of that movie to be, a, to, to make a joke. And I, I feel like super troopers is the same way. Um, Van Wilder is so dumb, but that's a movie I watched a lot when I was around this time. Um, what else here? What else did I have on the uh, comedy list? Um, uh, oh, Jackass the movie. That was the other one. Oh, okay. Jackass. So I Are really like Jackass liked, fan. I really like the Jackass movies. Yeah. Like uh, I used to watch the show, but I think the movies are actually legitimately great. And, uh, and really, really funny. And the dynamic between all those jackass guys, uh, especially in those early, those first couple films is really, really funny. So, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I recommend the jackass movies. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right. I'll stop rambling. Uh, oh, no problem. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add from this list? Yeah. I, it's, it's, this is like I was saying with the, step of Hollywood towards franchising and sequeling everything. Like we're moving now away from kind of like the one-off sequel or the kind of like uh, what's the word, like the novelty sequel. Now it's like these sequels, like we were saying before, like the second Lord of the Rings movie, the second or third Harry Potter movie, the second episode of star Wars. Like uh, these are becoming just more regular. Now this is like the norm. It's, it, we're I, it's we're going to trend away sadly from the big blockbusters that are not right. Uh, these franchise, uh, these franchise giants, or these sequels themselves. Um, so uh, listen, the sequels is not going to be. I feel like as fun, um, right? Unfortunately, yeah. I, I have to chime in. I, I forgot to mention Orange County, which I think is a very underrated, silly little comedy starring. Uh, well, it doesn't star, but. Jack Black is in it in the supporting role. It's, it's uh, Harold great. Ramis, right? Isn't that Harold Ramis? That's right. Yeah, that's right. He eats mushrooms or something like that. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a fun one. It's a fun, it's a goofy little movie, but it's it's uh, it's got a good heart. It's a fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, good stuff. All right. How do we I do? Think, Should we, are, are we on to Predator now? What are we doing? I, I think we're moving on to the, the Predator territory. <laughs> we actually kind of, that was a shorter conversation about 102, the yeah. abundant number in 2002, which was an abundant year for movies. Am I right? An uh, abundant so, year. I agree. An abundant year. A year yeah. of, of, of great gifts. The year of uh, abundancy. <clears throat> the year of the clones. So we're talking Minute 102 of Predator. Minute 102 opens with the general fighting a fire in the choppa yeah. and it ends with dutch looking into the fog towards the incoming choppa choppa get to the choppa yeah me- remember when he was saying get to the choppa there'll be no one left to get to the choppa do you remember that jeff earlier in the movie i do i do yeah, remember that i i think this is the titular chopper in is that this quote. the chopper? Look, the rendezvous is 10 to 12 miles away from here. You think the chopper's going to wait? Dylan. Dylan! We make a stand now, or there will be nobody left to go to the chopper. Get Ramirez on his feet, get to the chopper! Great. Get to the chopper! This is the chopper. He's not just any chopper. This is the chopper. And, and for some reason, it's taken on some damage that we're going to have to talk about after you recap, mm. I don't know, maybe the first part here. Yeah, first part, first, what do you think, 18 seconds or so? <laughs> Let's say 18 seconds, because that's <laughs> what I wrote on my notes. <laughs> <laughs> we carry over from last minute. Uh, we continue to see the helmeted helicopter pilot yelling to the back of the chopper. Sparks shower the chopper cabin. The pilot says, battery. Someone else says, okay. Pilot says, you got it. Someone else, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, do. Was, I couldn't tell if that was three people in the room with me or just you. Uh, got, it. got it. Got it. All right. <laughs> General Phillips uses a fire extinguisher against the sparks and flames. We see Anna Anna covering her head. We cut to Pilot 2 looking over his aviators at the jungle. Pilot 2, what the? General Phillips looks over the pilot's shoulder at the jungle cut to a view of the jungle and we can see a mini mushroom cloud rising from the jungle canopy general phillips says my god my god my god my god my god end first 18 seconds mm-hmm. so mm. an action-packed cut from uh, the Little wrist nuke, the quit bit. Quit bit. As, quit as I bit. coined it. Quit bit. <laughs> the quit bit. Quit bit. That the Predator had fired off, and we're seeing uh, kind of some far off aftermath of that. It's not, not something you probably instantly think about is, you know, what's this doing to helicopters passing over? But we're going to find out what it is doing, and it's doing some damage. Yeah, this is kind of cool how we we have the, we've had this sort of micro view, this close up view of Dutch and the Predator in the jungle, and then all of a sudden after this explosion, we cut back and we get this back, and we Mac, 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 and we get this view now from the chopper, and uh, and Anna Anna is in here. Yeah, yeah. How did how did she end up in the chopper? This is a good question. I, I, we can talk about this now or later, but uh, it, it just uh, surprised me. I, I hadn't, I had forgotten that she just sort of shows up in the chopper here. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think we'll have to talk about it now because we're running out of minutes to do that. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's not only is she there, but we see General Phillips, who we haven't seen since I believe minute 
eight, minute seven or eight of Predator right before they hop oh. on the Chapa. Uh, that's the last time. And so logistically speaking, um, I mean, she's wearing like the white tank top still that I think she left in. Um, so at least the best I can tell. So what that means when I wrote it down to just kind of like work out the logistics is that General Phelps must have left the original Palapa camp in the rendezvous chopper. And then they pick up Anna on it at said rendezvous. And then mm. they went to where the quit bit nuke went off. Uh, I, I don't know if you also follow that. That, that makes sense. Uh, I, I buy that. I buy that for a dollar. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. Buy that for a dollar. <laughs> I think so, that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. What? So, so this, this, I think that part that takes me aback. I know it's the move, and it's like we need to grab the one other name in the credits before the credits are over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like the general, the guy who like tasked them with this mission, is himself on the rescue chopper. Right. Yeah. He must have gotten really worried. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I'm flying it. I'm flying it. I I guess worried, but I mean, we don't, we don't have, what would he be worried about? Because last he heard, I imagine it was some kind of relay signal from Dylan. 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 Never knew how much I missed this, Dutch. Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. Target's the center of the Dylan. Dylan. Mark. Mark. Oh, my God. I'm going to throw four things in here. Mark, Mark. <laughs> uh, but, You're like, damn it. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> but he says, yeah, last we hear is Dylan uh, on the radio calling the base and Blazer 1, do you read? And like, okay, 0900 or 1000 hours. And that's the last they hear between that and here that's been radio silence. Mm. But I have to imagine like, they had set up the rendezvous at that point. So, you know, why is General Phillips overly worried? It's not like, didn't sound like anything like Dylan was saying, you know, two of our guys are, are, are whacked. They're dead. Skinned alive. Skinned alive. Popper's orders were to go in and get my men and he disappeared. He didn't disappear. He was skinned alive. And my orders were to get somebody and who could crack these bastards. So he cooked up a story and dropped the six of us in a meat grinder. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, if you want my practical answer, I think they probably filmed this early on in the filming <laughs> of the movie, and he was just still there. So they're like, mm. "Jump on in here, you can be in the chapa." <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think. That's right after they filmed that first scene. That makes sense. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that's when they had the chapa. <laughs> that's when they had the chapa. Yeah, you, you know, they weren't just right flying flying actual people all around. Um, That was one of the stories early on was uh, that's why they had the doors closed and not open because uh, the rear projection would have looked terrible. And it does look terrible for the little tiny bit. They repel at the beginning of the movie out of the Mm. chopper. And you can tell if you watch this minute a few times over and over again, like we do uh, when they're looking out the cockpit window at the humongous nuclear blast the the mushroom cloud uh as you can definitely see that lined up rear projection that that oh so uncanny so uncanny it's canny uh yeah of like how the frame doesn't quite fit in what they're looking at right right well speaking of this mushroom cloud it's pretty cool it's awesome yeah it's a it's a pretty great uh view of this and it really gives you perspective on how big this blast of the predator really was <laughs> it just makes you laugh because it makes you think of like 
don't know, like parodies of action movies. It's like, right. where could Arnold Schwarzenegger's character be? <laughs> there, the mushroom cloud. <laughs> there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess he's down there somewhere. <clears throat> uh, but it, it's, it's a nice little iconic moment. It's only two and a half seconds on screen. Yeah. Uh, and it, the camera has to do kind of a fancy trick to remind you that you're in a chopper looking out a cockpit window. Uh, but it's it's a nifty little mushroom cloud. It's distorted. It's not like this nice, neat nuclear explosion mushroom cloud. <laughs> nice, neat, whatever. I'm talking about nukes. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not like this symmetrical looking thing. It's 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 a little funky. It's an alien mushroom yeah. cloud. I guess you could call it. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of asymmetrical, isn't it? And uh, yeah. it's it it does look like a, a small nuke blast went off in the jungle there. Yeah, I, my 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 question when I was watching this was, <clears throat> what is the inspiration? Is this taking you know old cold war old cold war fears, mm. you know of fifties sixties, and that'd be like right in McTiernan's wheelhouse at the time of being a film student, being a college student, um, mm-hmm. and then taking some of those fears and projecting them here, and that's exactly what it came out to be when I listened to the director commentary is like the last thing I do or one of the last things I do uh, in case he doesn't have anything to say. I don't want to waste time, but he's talking about the nuke in the scene, specifically about Arnold running away from it. I'm making the running motions with my hands. He's running away, running away, running away from the nuke in the movie. And that was exactly from a dream. John McTiernan had He dreamt that he was in 1945 working at Los Alamos um, on one of the nuclear weapons and one didn't go off as planned in the field. So they brought it back to the lab. They're looking at it in this dream. They take it apart. One person wow. says, uh-oh. They all look at each other. He starts to run. Edward Teller looks at John as John runs out the door and says, John, y'all run real good now. And then John in the dream is trying to run away. And I guess he survives in his dream, this nuclear blast. But uh, the nuclear blast going off behind Arnold is directly from his dream, which I thought was so cool. That's crazy. That that makes sense. Like this is right, you know, this is mid to late 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, boomers are in their prime here watching this movie. Mm-hmm. And and every boomer has grown up uh remembering the the fear of of the mushroom cloud of the cold war, the nuclear war and all the yeah. different, you know, air raid drills they had to do and stuff, right? So kind of fits right in with the the culture at the time, doesn't it? Yeah, did, do you, I remember there was some residual fear of those kind of things in the 80s as well. It wasn't totally gone. I remember, you know, Soviet Union bad and possible sure. nuclear annihilation. Do you remember any of that? I, I mean, I <clears throat> the nuclear annihilation thing, I don't have any strong memories of like being worried about that. Mm-hmm. But but certainly like, you know, when you it was, you know, all throughout pop culture with things like Red Dawn and and uh you know, and, and with the fall, I'm, I remember being, gosh, how old would I have been? Eight years old. Did the Berlin Wall come down in 1989? Uh, was it 1990, 91, right around the there. Spot. Berlin Wall. <laughs> anyway. Falls. Yeah, 89. You nailed eight, it. 89, yeah. So I, so I would have been nine years old, eight or nine years old. So I remember that happening and not really understanding the significance, but – you know, like the the whole kind of Cold War, Russia was bad, America good, like mm-hmm. that whole dynamic. I do remember just being very much in our culture at the time, even when I was seven or eight years old, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. I remember 
like you were saying, Red Dawn. I remember uh, it's not a well, it's kind of a huge part, but the Dead Zone with Christopher Walken. Oh yeah, in the eighties, where it's like the big fear is the president is so crazy he might nuke our enemies, and then that assures mutual destruction mm. via the nuclear bomb. <clears throat> I wonder what it's like to be scared of your crazy president. <laughs> <laughs> I've never yeah. experienced that before. Someone a little unhinged, possibly fingering <laughs> yeah. the trigger. That, that mm. would be that'd be weird to live in a world yeah. such as that. It'd be really strange to have to endure that for four years. <laughs> so, um, oh, well, I was about to move on to something, but before we do, uh, yeah, let's give him his due. Yeah, we need to we need to talk about who our co-pilot is. Yeah. Pilot one is someone we, I I never saw any information about him online and uh, I guess I could look it up sometime, but pilot two, the guy looking over his aviators, all cool. Like at the, like a badass, this guy, a badass is is Kevin Peter Hall. It's the predator himself and the predator Two himself and Harry and the Hendersons himself. Right. The the alien from without warning, which this movie actually kind of steals a lot of concepts from, (laughs) uh, from the earlier eighties. Um, he plays all those parts. Oh, and Caron, Chiron, Caron, um, the ferryman of the dead in the, uh, what is it? The highway to hell movie with Chad Lowe, I think. Once you have crossed, there is no way back. Oh, Highway to Hell? I remember that movie. You remember that movie? That movie was fucking terrible. Yeah. Is that a, is that a canon movie? Okay, anyway. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, terrible in a great way. I'm sure there's some fans of it out there that uh, love that movie. But I, I remember it, but... Um, this is awesome. He, I love that he just gets a moment to get his real face on the screen. That's that's great. Yes. Yes, it's great. And this is because um, John McTiernan is saying he's paying him with a little cameo for all the work he did uh, in the predator suit because the predator suit i think we talked about it he said weighed 200 pounds yeah God. obviously it's stifling you're in the jungle right uh, they 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 invented a whole new inner lining just to keep him cool enough but from everything you hear about kevin peter hall he's just uh, like a gentleman of a man just a a gentle giant someone who everybody was mag you know magnetized to just made friends left and right. Um, just sound like a real cool dude, man. I want to, I want to meet Kevin Peter Hall. When <laughs> Kevin Peter Hall farted in that suit, do you think it just <laughs> stayed inside the whole time and he just had to <laughs> endure it for an hour? <laughs> he probably channeled it towards his acting. Yes. <laughs> so what made him so angry in those scenes? <laughs> ah! Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, oh, he, he unfortunately, and you have to give him an RIP, he died in 91 at the <sighs> Too young. young age of, yeah, 35. He, um, if wow. I remember correctly, he died of a AIDS-infected blood transfusion. Yeah, I'm no looking at it right way. now. Yeah, like just a month short of his 36th birthday. So he, he, he would have been bigger and bigger. And I talked about this a long time ago. Jeez, but like tragic. You have like the these huge franchise movies. He easily would have been someone there. Yeah, he'd be in his like whatever sixties by now, fifties to sixties uh, when those franchise movies started. But he he would have easily been right one of these still practical effect costume wearing absolutely um, actors and just going with it and yeah, just rocking it. He would have been yeah 
it would have been I did so not cool know this whole time I did not know that he died so young that is that is very sad RIP mm-hmm. Kevin Peter Hall man yeah hmm. RIP all right, Pete. Well, what I was going to say earlier is uh, before we get on to the second part of this movie, I speaking of RIP, speaking of RIP, I need to go back, back. Thank you, uh, because <laughs> last <laughs> last minute we officially really had the predator die, didn't we? And uh, I, it caught me a little off guard, <laughs> to be mm-hmm. honest. And uh, so, as we, we have, as tradition is here on Predator Minute, when one of our main characters passes away, mm-hmm. I like to uh, eulogize them with the reading of a personalized limerick. <laughs> so, uh, the Predator will be our final limerick. Mm-hmm. So, uh, without further ado, the title of this one is called Predator. An alien hunter who could run, hide, and jump. His trip down to Earth was abrupt. A a muddy man in a bog smashed him flat with a log. He got stuck, so that bitch blew himself up. (laughs) Bitch blew himself up. Nicely done. All right. Nicely done. Well, in, in honor of your limericks, I actually went ahead and wrote a limerick as well. Yes. I, I hope that's okay if I of course. read that on the air here. Please. <clears throat> All right. I call this one The Predator. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or Predator 2. No. no. <laughs> limerick 2. Limerick 2, yes. <laughs> he stopped and he stabbed with precision. Hunting big sweaty game with heat vision. Mm. But when Dutch he chased, he was smashed into paste and committed self-long division. Oh <laughs> that is great. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I love that. I think you win. That's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Long division. <laughs> we both said smash, so I like that. That's true. Yeah. Awesome. Kind of follow your format with well, how he lived and how he died. Right. Right. Well, uh, I think that's appropriate that uh, the character who gives us the title of the film, <laughs> who is also the last character to die, gets a a double limerick eulogy. So. Good yeah. Job, Les. Yeah. Good job, Les. Good job, Predator, for making it to the almost end of the movie. This is right. This is like you're saying. It's it's like the last. It's the last big thing to happen, other than a little bit of shenanigans with right. Phillips trying to spray a fire extinguisher against some sparks. Like that's <laughs> by this time the, the 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 conflict is all gone. Like the the tension is broken. It's been smashed. It's been blown yeah. up to smithereens. Yeah, we're just riding out the end here. So yeah. should we uh, quickly jump into the second part? Let's do it. Let's let's go. Minute or second 18 to the end of the minute. Yep. So here we cut to a shot looking up from the jungle floor towards the sky. We can see the underside of the chopper cut to a wall of fog. Then we see the camera is pushing in to Dutch. The camera stops moving as Dutch looks up at the approaching chopper sounds. Cut to a very wide shot of Dutch standing in front of a wall of fog that starts to dissipate as the minute ends. Mm. We get r- really kind of get like a hero, kind of a hero shot here, don't we? 
Yeah, this is this is a hero shot to the max. You're right. right. It's Arnold. It's standing alone in the smoke and the flames. Uh, and the chopper's coming for him. He's the last one standing. Did you notice that the other hero is in the frame? The log. <laughs> the, the log. It is. Yeah, that's a it's good right point. There. I, I did kind of think it to myself, like, huh, that's like weird placement of a log. But... It's like standing up with him. <laughs> and it's, it's also sort of... of like bent, like it's got its own branches yeah. on its shoulders. Like it's as, it's as proud of itself as Arnold is. It's a little bit on fire, so it's battle tested. <laughs> Do you think that's the log? That's This is the real end to the movie. The log, we've seen the log has been the the surprise hero of this movie. And it's, it's confirmed in the final shot that the log is really the one that we should be cheering. Right I think now. it'd be really doubly confirmed if they haul that log onto the chopper with, with Dutch. That'd be a great final shot. Dutch is just on the ground and they're wheeling the log up. <laughs> that takes off again. And Dutch is still standing there in the like, log. Hey, the chopper. what about me? <laughs> That is Don't a log. That's just would you rather? <laughs> I made that a trap. That's, that's <laughs> not. I killed the predator. <laughs> you leave me here in the smoke. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. You set us up. It's all bullshit. <laughs> Fuck your log. Goddamn log. Oh uh. man. Man, that is what an observation! Wow, I didn't—I wasn't even on that track, and now I, I can't not see it. I, I do remember earlier today taking the notes and thinking, "Man, that's so oddly placed." Like, there's him alone, kind of, but there's clearly a log just hanging out behind him. And yeah, it's, it's the other hero. It was yeah. a double hero movie. Who knew? It's him in the log. You're never gonna watch the end of this movie the same again. You will always see that log standing there, right next to. To Arnold, to Dutch. No, who who's more impressive? Like the human who ran away from the explosion, or <laughs> the log who's still standing after the explosion? Yeah, the log smashed the predator. I mean, yeah, hmm. and sm- it didn't smash Ponchito, and smash Ponchito in the face, uh, and <laughs> yeah, we could go on and on, but uh, right. yeah, the log. Right, the secret hero of the movie. Oh my gosh, we we cracked it. We did. We yeah, did. Yeah, we're just about done too with this movie. I can't believe it. Like this is this is where the big stuff comes. These these are those fridge aha moments where you're like looking at your fridge, you know, seeing what's good, and you're thinking about that log. <laughs> thinking about that log. <laughs> go, everybody, go outside and pet a log right now. Just go honor it, tie a yellow ribbon. People are like, "What? You have a soldier at home?" You're like, "This is the soldier, you fools. This is <laughs> this is the hero, the log in my yard." <laughs> well, besides uh, the the log being the real hero, um, yes. there there's not a whole lot more to say about the last part of this minute. Uh, we get a lot of fog. A lot of the jungle's on fire. Um, right near the end, we kind of get a cool wide shot where we can see uh, Dutch way down there sort of standing and looking out over the yeah. destruction. I, I never appreciated this shot before. I've seen this movie so many times. Yeah, but yeah. This blows by really quickly when 
I watch the movie normally and probably when anybody watches the movie normally, this wide shot, because when I'm looking at the wide shot, when I was taking my notes at first today, I didn't even, I did not even notice that Dutch is there in the foreground of this wide shot. I thought this was like a much closer view of a hill. But then when you watch it, you're seeing, oh, this is a massive shot. This hill is super decorated, hopefully, not just burned to a crisp in real life. I was wondering that too, like, because the shot is so wide, we're getting a really big shot of the jungle. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, it looks kind of real. It looks like they burnt out part of the jungle. I mean, I don't think that's what they did, but God, if they didn't, they really made it look like they did. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't remember what kind of notes he had about creating fog mm. or if they're just always using natural fog. Um, yeah, you hope that this is just some kind of artificial set trickery they're pulling off and they didn't actually burn a bunch of jungle. Maybe they found a clear-cut portion of the jungle yeah. and just decided to, to film there. Or, you know, you know, it's more accurate. Maybe they, yeah, maybe they, this is like a pickup shot in california perhaps and it's like okay we found like a barren landscape god california you just have to walk outside and find something burning and go stand by it (laughs) right right you see your fallen heroes the whole mountainside full of fallen heroes right california yeah Hmm. well um we have another milestone to discuss here actually because i don't know what you're talking about but go for it (laughs) <laughs> well, we now that I've read the limerick, we can officially catalog this death, right? Oh, yeah. So, what's our kill count come to? This is, uh, and I did that last minute too, but I had to record scratch and say that never happened. But this is officially, unofficially, uh, if you're being really generous with your kill count, this is a hundred for the movie trip Didge, triple digits trip Didge. how fucking awesome is that that uh, we found a way to shoehorn it to 100 <laughs> <laughs> go us we're also yeah. standing there with dutch and the logs now let let's uh let's be honest though we, we really only shoehorn two deaths in there that maybe some other people wouldn't count because we counted the pig Yes. And we counted Wait. the the scorpion, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pig and the scorpion. We also counted like off-screen stuff like mm. uh, the green beret and the green, green bidets <laughs> that that they found Jim Hoppa. Oh, that's <clears throat> fine. I think that's a that's a death. Okay. And yeah. uh, the hostage that Mac mentions. Mac. That was <laughs> Mac. Mac. Uh, he says, "Found the other hostage. She's dead too." Hey. Yes, that's He says Yeah, it. We're gonna. Yeah, he says that we're gonna count it. Yeah. Um, yeah. At some point, somehow, yeah, like this was going up and up towards a hundred this whole time. It didn't even know. I wasn't. I, I. I promise I was not trying to fudge the numbers early on to get to a hundred because I wasn't right. doing this kill count except minute by minute, and it just kind of happened to, to fall into that, which is pretty cool. Pretty great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. What a movie to have a hundred kills of just <laughs> Earth uh, and space, right? <laughs> as well as just little critters, including a real one, of course. That John Wintern was so proud to explain that poor Scorpio. He's like, "Oh, we killed that. <laughs> that. That fucker's dead. Yeah, he's, he's dead forever. He's dead for the art." Yeah. All right. Well. Um, oh, we should mention like- that. We should mention the. The track Goodbye comes back here. Track. 
uh, comes back for the second half of the minute after we see this, I don't know, to me, a beautiful shot looking up at the chopper in slow mm. motion, very reminiscent of like Vietnam rescue choppers. Uh, I, this was uh, the same track playing with uh, with uh, Mac uh, in the jungle. Mac! Yes, uh, honoring Blaine, saying right. goodbye, bro. And the yeah. name of the track is Goodbye, and it's very reminiscent of the, what's it called, the song, mm. the, the hymn for the common mercenary? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, like the yeah the soldier's funeral, essentially. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to bring up the official name because um, the official name of that original track that was the tent track, uh, meaning, for you back at home, meaning... Um, the song they listened to to come up with the score. Right, it's like uh, the temporary was, track they put on the the first uh, version of the movie before they get the rights to the actual songs. Yeah, the temp track was called the Fanfare for the Common Soldier, right. and McTiernan and gang called this this song, which is essentially a cover for it, uh, the Fanfare for the Common Mercenary. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Fanfare for the common man. Fanfare for the common man. There you go. There we go. All right. I I feel like we've we've done it. We've uh, covered this minute pretty well. Did you have anything else to add here before we move along? Uh, timing wise, <laughs> all of a sudden it's. Timing wise, it's it's daytime all of a sudden. When the last time yeah. when I'm thinking about him running from the nuke, it's nighttime. Uh, and it must have been just at that moment, you know, right. uh, either that or like the nuclear blast to somehow altered space and time and weather patterns. And, hey, it's daytime now. And that's what they're talking about at first. Like, my God, it's already daytime. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he's been up for like 24 hours. He needs a nap. Yeah, he needs a nap real bad. Real bad. Yeah. Let's let's, let's hope he gets it because uh like run out of lance or whatever real estate in this movie. So right. hopefully he can hopefully have a nice long scene of him just cracking up you know, cracking open a coors and kicking <laughs> back with a stogie and the yeah. chopper, kicking his feet up, taking off his pants and just <laughs> Take off those pants. <laughs> I'm telling you, those pants have to be, have to be killing him. Like, I'm sure they're wet, dirty, pooped in, peed in, just <laughs> green-blooded on, exploded, radiation. Is there anything better than Schwarzenegger smoking <laughs> a cigar and taking off his pants? Really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I've seen that in a movie or two, right? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, um, with that, are we uh, ready to get into recommends? Yeah, I, th- I think we officially talked about the minute more than we talked about the year 2002 for once. Well, so oh, I'm, we did it. All right. Oh, us. We're just heroing all over the place. I can't <laughs> hurt myself more than just pat myself on the back so hard these, <laughs> for, for this. But yeah, let's let's talk recommends. And if you don't mind, we could uh, double up on our recommends because we're running out of time. We're running out of things, uh, times to recommend things. So, I Jeff, know, what, and we haven't recorded in a couple weeks here. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do a, a, <laughs> I'm gonna do a, a quick double recommend recommend here i'm going to recommend a tv show followed by a movie 
uh, TV show. By the time this episode comes out, probably everybody in the country will have already watched this show, so I'm probably behind. But um, I have started watching The Queen's Gambit on Netflix, which is the uh, show that is about a, a young girl who kind of realizes that she's a chess prodigy and uh, follows the story of her at a kind of an orphanage where she learns how to play chess and then as she gets older she becomes adopted and starts entering chess tournaments as a teenage girl and just starts kicking the asses of um, professional chess playing men Um, and it is so satisfying and uh, just it's it's great it's it's put together like a sports movie you know, if if you like the kind of the redemption arc of the of the sports player who kind of finds their way and then you know wins the big game, if you if you if you enjoy that sort of setup and execution of story, you're gonna like this movie. I don't know anything about chess. I don't know how to play chess. I've never learned how to play chess. As a math teacher, people look at me like I'm insane, but it's just never been something that I took the time to learn. And uh, I still am loving this show, uh, even though it's all about chess. Because it's really just more about the competition and these characters. And and, uh, So anyway, Queen's Gambit, check it out. All right. What else do you have to recommend, Jeff? Recommend number two. I'll quickly give you guys a movie. Um, This is a new movie that has just come out. It's available on VOD at the time of this recording, and it is called Possessor. Mm. This is a horror sci-fi film. Um, It is directed by Brandon Cronenberg, son of famous horror director David Cronenberg. Um, And... uh, I, it might be his debut, his feature debut. I, I'm not sure, but uh, it's quite something. Um, it's very brutal, very violent. Um, if that sort of thing turns you off, you're not going to want to watch this movie. Um, but uh, in terms of a kind of really engrossing sci-fi story that's got kind of a, a very a headiness to it, kind of a um, a real, it's a real thinker in a lot of ways because it's mm. it, the story is about um, a woman who is kind of hired by this company to possess other bodies to um, to then assassinate other people essentially um, for various reasons uh, and uh, things get complicated and so the kind of the movie builds from there and uh, so Possessor was uh, I thought it was very cool um, if you're into the horror sci-fi genre check that out oh man where did you watch that so that's on VOD you can rent it right now like uh, any on any platform that's renting movies uh, I think I did Amazon. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I am probably not going to watch that. I don't but... think it's up your alley. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I don't think it's up your alley. But uh, if anyone out there enjoys that sort of thing, a sort of uh, violent sci-fi horror uh, film with a lot of interesting ideas, check it out. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably watch the Dead Meat podcast with, if they ever cover it. Cause there you go. There love you that go. Dead Meat way to <laughs> really skip through all the stuff in the movie and just watch sure. the, the kills. <laughs> oh, Sean Bean's in it. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, I have to love a Sean Bean movie. So there is my double recommend. 
You have a oh, double man. recommend this week, John? And I have recommends out the butt. Like you said, it's been a couple weeks and yeah. so we since we recorded, so I have like all manner of recommends. I'll go like an unconventional one and then like more conventional. So my unconventional recommend is what is called an immersion blender. Uh, I don't know if you know what that is. Uh, is that one of the blenders that you hold in your hand and like blend by pushing it down into your soup or whatever? Yes, yes. It's yeah. it's that vital kitchen tool for when, like you're saying, the soup, like if you're trying to blend something hot in C2 while it's cooking, it's just so, so handy. Found a, an affordable one on Amazon because we started recently cooking a lot of soups in a... Uh, Tis the season. It? Yeah, it's the season. Um, in a crock pot, not a crock pot, what's the thing, the pressure cooker, what's that called? The Instant Pot. Oh, the Instant Pot. Oh my gosh, yeah, the, <laughs> the Instant Pot. <laughs> Zach and I joke around because it's not actually called Instant Pot, but everybody calls it that. <laughs> oh, really? It's called, called Instant Pot, um, but... Instant know, it, Pot. It, instant Pot. It, it, it should be called Instant Pot, let's be honest. Okay, yeah, it should. They missed yeah. an opportunity there. Like, you wouldn't say, like, Instant Noodles, you'd say Instant Noodles. Right, yeah. <laughs> You wouldn't say instant boner. You would say insta boner. <laughs> you wouldn't say instant nuclear weapon. You'd say insta nuke. <laughs> right after you say insta boner, then you'd say <laughs> time to set up the insta nuke. You wouldn't say instant log. It's the insta log. <laughs> uh, insta hero. So have you been blending things left and right now? left and right we had a ninja blender even we just tossed that out we said get out of here for one that the most <laughs> fuck you asshole <laughs> but the ninja blender ended up like really overheating on the motor and like trying to buy a replacement part was just what a waste and like that immersion blender you can like just stick that in your soup you can like make a smoothie super easy i thought making a smoothie would be like really messy but it's not because it's just like it just keeps the mess under that blade so as it's chopping the mm. things up it just kind of hits it back uh also make a lot of we, we also typically make a lot of whipped cream for our desserts for the kiddos like you have your hot cocoa and some whipped cream and it sure. makes that really really handily uh, and it's super easy to clean up it's just like a little attachment you have to end up putting in the dishwasher and that is that is the immersion blender uh strong recommend again non-conventional recommend all right i like it i like it i like a good yeah. kitchen gadget so i'm on board yeah you can probably make some really good blended drinks mm, um, there you go now you're up my alley yeah. there we go margarita <laughs> yeah um and yeah conventionally I just around the party <laughs> slamming my <laughs> immersion blender into people's glasses <laughs> blended <laughs> you want on the rocks or blended say you blended fucking <laughs> blended <laughs> <laughs> What's that over there? You're blended. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so there you go. Entertain your friends when it's safe to do so. Yeah. Uh, let's see. My conventional one, I would say, is it's one I think you would like too. It's hmm. recently um, a recent prime creation i wouldn't say addition because it was created by amazon studios it's called truth seekers or the truth seekers i saw uh, an advertisement for this tell me about yeah, it yeah very very good it's it's all about 
um, these cable repairmen, basically, uh, played by Nick Frost and someone else, I can't mm. remember. Um, but anyway, the whole premise is that Nick Frost character is really, really into the supernatural and for years has been um, kind of following really tiny leads and using his job to kind of give him the tools and the, uh, movement opportunities to go check out like haunted places. And he's never really had any success until he has this new partner whose name, whose name is uh, Elton John, I think, in the movie, <laughs> or in the show. It's not Elton John, but it's you know, that's this, his name. This, that's his name. Uh, and then as the show progresses, he'd be. He's finding more and more uh, spooky scenarios and actual hauntings. And the way it's done, uh, a lot of times, is he's making this YouTube channel. So it's very found footagey, you know, for maybe 10, 15% of the show when he's like trying to explain to the camera what he's seeing. And the rest of it is done very cinematically mm. to let the characters play out, <clears throat> um, to unravel this bigger mystery. Uh, you have quite a few good performances by Nick Frost. Simon Pegg plays his aloof boss. So you see Simon Pegg like, nice. every once in a while show up, just kind of like, oh, how's it going? Uh, Nick Frost also plays a character named Gus in the show. That's that's another little bonus. Uh, yeah. Help, but appreciate a character named Gus, you know, named after my own kiddo. Uh, so that's, that's kind of fun little tie-in. Um, and it's just one of those shows that hooked me, and I just watched all eight episodes um, probably over the course of three days, three nights, nice. I guess. Uh, truth super short seekers? episodes. Yeah, the Truth Seekers. Um, and, and it does some really good spooky stuff. And I would recommend that to you because I know you like the spooky stuff. It's But it's more, that stuff is more atmospheric. Um, but there's some other kind of bigger things that happen later in the show that um, are more horror based. Hmm. Yeah. I will add to the queue. That sounds great. Sweet. It's on Prime. It's called The Truth Seekers. Okay. Uh, they just released the whole season, eight episode season at once. Nice. Yeah. Fun little, fun little time there. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, good recommends, everybody. Hey, yeah. I think we all did a solid job, a log job, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not a log job. <laughs> Don't know what a log job is, but now I'm going to find out. Yeah, it involves an immersion blender. Yeah, I'm going to blend this shit out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, log likey. Hey. Uh, it's been a while, though, uh, since we talked. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while since we talked about the inspiration. I figure uh, we would mention the whole movies by minutes. Uh, podcast format. There is a large network of Movies by Minutes podcasts out there. You can go to moviesbyminutes.com to see all of the Movies by Minute podcasts. Uh, we're on there a couple times because there is another Predator Minute podcast that wrapped up a lot more quickly than us. <clears throat> um, the most recent ones are An American Werewolf in oh, London nice. Minute and The Rocky Horror Minute. Wow, and that brings up the <clears throat> that brings up the total number of podcasts who do the movies by minute f- format to 178. It was all uh, it was all essentially started by the Star Wars Minute guys, Alex Robinson and Pete the Retailer, and then from there, more and more movies and people piled on there until uh, eventually Predator Minute. Started here we and, are. Yeah. And now here we are. <laughs> That's kind of yeah, almost the end of our little journey here. 
Yeah, we are getting close. Um, Very close. People should know that uh, next minute, minute 103, we do hit the credits. Mm -hmm. And uh, John and I are still in discussion about how we're going to kind of format the last couple minutes here. But uh, we will let you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But the story is coming to an end. Yes. Yes. The action's all wrapped up. We're playing the commemorative music on the (laughs) movie Dutch and the log stand alone. (laughs) Yeah. The general's like, Oh my God, that must be Dutch. That must be Dutch's music. Um, (laughs) And yeah, we're wrapping up. So uh, Jeff, let's wrap up like we usually do. Where can people find you? Speaking of uh, commemorative music. (laughs) Nice (laughs) way to shoehorn that one in there. Uh, (laughs) You can find me on the Twitter. I am Jeff Glover. Carl underscore Hungus 314. My name is Carl been Expert. On the Twitter, follow me there. John, where can we find everything Predator Minute? Uh, you can find all things Predator Minute at Predator Minute on Twitter. You can email the show, PredatorMinute at gmail.com, uh, or you could join the Predator Minute listeners, Palapa. On Facebook, Target's the center of the palapa. 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 Uh, so for all things Predator Minute 102, I've been John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And until next time, stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. My God. <laughs> <laughs> My God.